Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast, where we create conversation and community among real people about everyday issues. This is a place for you to hear truth, connect with others, and find answers to your questions. Join us live every last Tuesday of the month. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Talk. I'm Alan Reed, and this is a live podcast talking about real issues with everyday people. Our desire is that this becomes a place of encouragement for you and a place where you can ask questions and find solutions to those struggles that you may be having. This is Real Talk. Well, today we have on a special guest that we had on last month, Waylon Vandyhoof, who uh, uh, is going to help us to wrap up this conversation on addiction. And Waylon, uh, you are a licensed counselor. We went through that last week, but we didn't share with everybody that you're also a pastor here in the area, which I think gives you a very uh, unique background uh, with both of those tools in your, in your pocket. Uh, tell me what led you into counseling. Uh, well, if I had to be completely honest, uh, I didn't want to do counseling. Um, uh, you know, I felt called to the ministry, wanted to be a pastor, and um, I, I could evangelize. I could share the gospel, but I didn't know how to help hurting people. And so God just kind of led me down that path, and I've been resistant to it for a really long time, but uh, finally found the niche that he was calling me to and accepted it. And so I'm really thrilled and, and happy to be a counselor. Well, good, and we're we're glad you did too, and we're glad that you came back to help Thank us you. with this. We yeah. uh, we had such a good response last month from uh, from this topic, and I think even afterwards we were all excited about what uh, what happened, but we also felt like there was more that we could have talked about. And so, thanks for coming back uh, last month. We we had Brad Moore with us, and as you recall, uh, he shared his story on uh, on addiction and his his personal story on addiction and his struggle with alcohol and drugs. And I just loved his transparency uh, in that, and uh, and then just the beautiful story of how he came out of that. Uh, some of it was through the twelve step program. He also talked about his faith as well. And so, just excited to be able to unpack uh, some of that with you. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to encourage you guys. One, if you haven't seen part one, you can go to our website, therealtalk.live, and there you can see part one. Uh, today's going to be part two of Beyond Addiction. Uh, but before we jump into that topic, I just want to remind you guys of two items. First of all, uh, to make this happen well, we want to encourage you to ask your questions. That is where the magic happens. And so that's where the conversation goes beyond just us two uh, into the audience as well. So as you hear us having this conversation and unpacking this topic, as, uh, when those questions come, just go ahead and send in a chat. You'll see an icon at the top of your screen. You can click onto that, and there you'll be able to post your questions. If you have a question that may be a little bit more sensitive and you want to share it anonymously, we actually took a link that we have on our Sunday services. It's the, the link that you may see on your screen that says prayer request. You can click on that link, and you will be able to send a direct message to someone on our team. No one else will see that, but she will feed that, that question to me, and I'll be able to ask that question. It'll be anonymous in that way. The second thing is we just want to encourage you guys, if you haven't already done so, we have uh, this book, Addiction and Grace, that we gave out last month. We still have a few left over, so if you would like this book for free, we will mail it to you. Uh, just go to our website, and then at the bottom of the screen, you can, you'll see a link to this podcast 
Uh, it'll just be on addiction part two. Click onto that, and then you'll see another link that'll allow you to uh, request this book, and we will send it to you. And so, again, thank you guys so much for for coming and be a part of that. Uh, Waylon, thank you. Thanks again for for being here. Uh, last month, as Brad was sharing his story. What really struck me was his transparency, and he he pointed back to kind of the root of the problem. And I'm sure that through counseling, through wrestling with some of that, uh, he probably began to see where this was coming from. But he was just very transparent with us about his story and the fact growing up as a kid, he dealt with self-image issues and uh, and struggled in, in all kinds of ways in, in that and just low self-esteem. And it got me thinking, uh, for you as a counselor, a part of the thing that you're trying to solve is what is the root of any addiction, right? And so why don't you just take a few moments and, and help us um, maybe to allow us to sit in your shoes as you are meeting with somebody uh, that just needing help and you're realizing that, okay, they do have an addiction issue here. Uh, what are you looking for and what kind of causes or, or roots to this addiction do you, do you commonly find? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, Obviously, when we're dealing with addiction, it's very complex. Um, people are very complex. There's not like a, a cut and dry answer to this question. Um, but, 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 but what we're dealing with isn't just the root of the problem, but we're also dealing with the behavior. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times people say, well, if you'll just tackle the behavior, you'll tackle the problem. But that's not true either because that, that the issue is still down in there. And so do you deal with, uh, with the issue first and then the behavior uh, but I, I would say you do both at the same simultaneously. Yeah. And so you're working with the behavior, but you're also trying to understand and get to the root of the problem. What keeps them driving to that behavior? Because really the behavior is a coping skill, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so like for Brad and yeah. dealing with his self image, um, you know, he found that drinking kind of gave him the confidence that he was looking for. And so that was really a coping skill. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a healthy one. Um, but we're all trying to cope with life. We're all trying to cope with things that we don't understand. And oftentimes we don't know why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, but when we can start learning how to discover the why, then we can start working through that. Um, and at the same time, trying to find and change our behaviors. So what are the, what are the, some of the reasons, some of the, the topics there that, 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 that could be causing it that we got trauma. Okay. Sexual, emotional, mental, uh, trauma, um, um, PTSD, you know, so a lot of trauma, um, we got medical issues, people being prescribed opioids for pain pills. And, 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 and those are very addictive. Uh, there was an article that came out in the eighties that said that opioids were not addictive. Hmm. They say that was probably one of the worst articles ever printed because it ended up being totally false. And, and so we now we have a, a huge problem with people and opioids, um, you, you know, identity, like what, what Brad was talking about, just some of that self-image stuff. What, what's my purpose in life? Not being, not having a purpose, not having anything to drive on. Um, you know, there's all kinds of different reasons, abandonment, um, not feeling loved, not enough, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, but we're all trying to, we all have those things because of, of, of the world that we live in. I mean, it's broken, right? Just look around. Yeah. Um, and we're all experiencing those things at the same time, consciously and subconsciously. Yeah. 
I think through this process of even preparing for this podcast, some of the conversations we've had listening to Brad's story, it really has opened up my heart a little bit, maybe had a little bit more empathy for people. Uh, maybe in my past, uh, I might have just thought, man, they just made some dumb decisions. And, uh, and you know, they're kind of, you know, living out kind of the bad decisions that they made and not even thinking about some of the, the trauma or struggles that they may have faced, some of the, the root cause uh, that they may have been dealing with all their life, you know, and, and to some level, we all can identify with that. Um, none of us have lived a charm life and, uh, and everything. So that, that was just really helpful to me to be able to, to understand a little bit better about other people. Yeah. And, and, and just to throw into that, mm-hmm. even the person who is addicted doesn't understand why. And so when you don't understand why, you feel like you're trapped to this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I'm not really choosing to do this. It's choosing me now. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any control over it. Like, it's what else am I going to do? Right. Uh, and you saw Brad, right? Like, he realized that, oh, this helped me give confidence here. And so in other areas of my life, I, I was able to use it in other areas and, and found the confidence. So now, where's the root of the problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. So we got to dig through that to figure out where did it all begin for him. Yeah. Um, and for for many addicts, it's a similar story. Yeah. And some some addicts is way too complex to pick out one problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. This process to me has been very enlightening. Uh, another thing that he shared uh, that got me thinking was he grew up in church. Yeah. He was a church kid. Right. And he was very active in church. Right. And he was, uh, he began this secret, uh, this practice that became an addiction while Hello. he was still, yeah. uh, I think, singing. I think he said, I think he was part of the worship team for right. some of it. He was a uh-huh. leader in the youth group. And, uh, but yet through this addiction, like it happens with so many, this addiction not only began to hurt his relationship with God, but also with others. Right. With relationships. It's a spiritual warfare. I mean, it's a spiritual wrestle because there's a part of him knows that knows yeah. that, that he doesn't need to be doing this. But this other part here is like, but I don't, it, it, it works. It helps. It's coping. It feels good. Yeah. And so there's this wrestle going on inside. And then, then you throw God into the midst of all that and all the shame and the guilt that you feel while you're walking around in that. Yeah. It's like, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He began to share um, that struggle coming back to church. Mm-hmm. He, he had that whole experience growing up. He was very comfortable. What used to be very comfortable for him, he came back and he was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And just sharing about that and just feeling uh, this, this judgment, right. um, that, that we've already talked about that you, that you shared just that, uh, he was able to, um, that, that guilt and that struggle that he had, he was, he was imposing that in the minds of other people. So in, instead of them being judging him, mm-hmm. it may have been just the judgment that he was feeling from himself. Exactly. His own guilt conscience, you yeah. know, um, he knew that he was doing wrong. He knew that it was wrong. I mean, he even sat here and said, I know, but, mm-hmm. but it was giving me the confidence that I was looking for. I was very successful at work. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. uh, you know, and, 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 and so it was working for him. And so there's a conflict. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, 
when you pointed that out, I just noticed his immediate response was absolutely. Yeah. It was come. It was coming from me. Not to say, man, there are so many things we can do better as a church. Right. And the fact that most of us that have grown up in church, maybe if you if you know the story of the prodigal son, maybe you identify more with the older brother and you kind of follow the rules and did everything right, and younger brother went off and you know squandered the money. We all know that story, but. For some of us that have grown up in church and we can identify as the older brother, when when a younger brother comes back home to church, uh, if we're not careful, you know, we can have a judgmental attitude towards Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's not fair. And even if we don't, <laughs> we just need to remember that people are coming to our church every week. Right. And we don't know the hurt, the struggle that they may be feeling. And maybe whether it's a self-imposed guilt or maybe something they're perceiving as they walk in. Right. It just makes it all the more important that um, that we not only welcome people well, but mm-hmm. we we genuinely engage people and show an interest yes. with them. Right. And what a world of good! You and I had coffee together, kind of bouncing off of our last podcast mm-hmm. and just uh, some of the things that we learned. And we both have learned this as pastors. There's this thing called the seven minute rule. And the seven-minute rule for pastors that we learn, and it's kind of depressing for us, is that the average visitor, it takes them seven minutes to realize that, uh, that, they are, that they belong, that they feel comfortable, and they'll probably come back or they may never come back. So that means when they park in the parking lot, they walk in, how they're greeted, uh, looking around and seeing the people. The question they are asking is, do I belong here? Right. Will I be accepted here? Will I feel loved here? Right. And, and Alan, if, isn't that what we're all looking for? Yeah. You know, and so that self-imposed judgment is mm-hmm. really within each and every one of us. This is other side of protecting us. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't really belong. And I don't, because if, if I belong, then I've got to put down the mask. Yeah. And I got to put down this idea that I'm not what everybody thinks I am. Yeah. Um, and that's a scary place to go. So, so yeah, I want everybody to judge me so I don't feel comfortable here, so I'll get out. Yeah. yeah. So there is that piece. Yeah. Uh, but this other piece over here says, I really want to belong. Right. And I be loved for who I am. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and in spite of my struggle. Mm-hmm. And can I be accepted for that? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and, and you say it's seven minutes, but it's seven minutes or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Before the sermon even starts, before the first song even begins. That's the depressing part for, right. for pa- pastors that preach, That's right? right? It's That's like right. that decision many times is made before the sermon's even preached. Yes. And uh, it, it doesn't negate the power of God working through Correct. a service. Right. Uh, but yet I found that uh, a very uh, applicable to, to ministry it is. Uh, as well. So um, that's just a word of encouragement for those of us who are churchgoers. Um, but also for those of you that maybe haven't gone to church in a long time, you've been dealing with it. There are churches out there that uh, that realize that that God loved us where we were at because all of us, what we have in common is we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. We can identify with addiction. We've all, mm-hmm. in some ways, have addictive behaviors. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so church ought to be a place where we can be loved where we're at because God loved us where we were at. Right. Right. But he also loved us enough. He didn't want us to stay there. And right. so that's where discipleship comes in and Absolutely. encouragement. And I think that's the key is that discipleship piece. Because discipleship hopefully will go to that place yeah. and triggers that place. It says, oh, man, I do have some junk that I need to work through. Yeah. And why do I continue to keep working through this? Why does God keep bringing this up in my life? And that transformation piece, right, that yeah. sanctification piece is painful. Uh, there's experiences in our past that we choose to forget that we're, or, or we have forgotten because it's too painful, but God brings it to light and then we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. 
Um, and so discipleship is key because discipleship helps us walk that out. That's good. That's so true. Um, before we get to the questions for you, mm-hmm. uh, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of coach me a little bit. Okay. Uh, I can think of a situation that's actually played out multiple times uh, in my own life uh, with my friends, with other guys. Um, a common a thing that guys can struggle with from time to time is pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, back when I grew up as a kid in the 80s, we didn't have the internet. So maybe the struggle was still there, but not as prevalent. And today it's much easier to be able to run across it as a young person or as Absolutely. an adult. Absolutely. And, um, and so I can think of one particular time that I had a friend um, that just was struggling with this. And I, and I could tell as he got this off his chest, it just felt good for him just to be able to admit it. And, um, and so my reply to s- some of the men, young men, uh, men my age that have struggled with this, um, this is what I usually tell them. I usually point them to Galatians 5.16. Mm-hmm. It's a verse that I learned when I was younger that's been an encouragement to me, and it just simply says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Mm-hmm. And something you already said earlier that gives me a little hint Mm -hmm. about maybe what a a proper reply to that would be. But what I love about this verse is sometimes we try to wrestle with maybe a sin area or some bad behavior, bad choices, or an addiction, and we try to wrestle that to the ground, and um, and we we find ourselves struggling. And so what I've encouraged some of my friends, people that have come along the way that have dealt with this particular addiction is, you know what, right now, instead of wrestling with and trying to defeat this, let's start with just focusing on the basics of what it means to have a relationship with God Hmm. and pursue God. And this verse just talks about it, you know, pursue me, you know, live by the spirit and Mm -hmm. you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. I don't think that's a promise, but a great principle. Absolutely. And if we run after God, then maybe that stronghold will begin to let go a little bit and give us some strength. Something you said before, so I'm going to kind of answer it a little bit. Yeah. Um, don't just, you, you said earlier, it's good to begin working on the behavior a little bit, but also to get to the root of the problem. Simultaneously. So my reaction is typically what many of us as Christians do, we work on the behavior. Right. Right. But also, you know, as we're seeking out God, he might be able to reveal some of the root of that behavior as well. You know, with that, though, what did Jesus say about cleaning out the house? I cleaned the house, but then what? Yeah, he just said that, uh, I mean, if you don't, if you're not careful, spirit can come back. The demon can come back. Right. Even stronger. Even stronger. Yeah. Sevenfold. Right. And so that's kind of the the idea with addictions. If I just deal with the behavior, Mm -hmm. let's say I... Brad just dealing with the alcohol. Yeah. He cleans the alcohol up. What's he going to do to cope with the pain? Yeah. He's going to find another addiction, right? Something that still gratifies that yeah. pleasure principle of our brain. Yeah, that says, oh, "Okay, it feels good." Yeah, because the pain says, "I don't feel good." It, it raises the cortisol levels, the stress levels in our body. But mm-hmm. we're looking for that that dopamine hit mm-hmm. that says we're good, we feel good, we're happy. Yeah. That's a good point. And so, you know, it, 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 like I said, it, it, it's okay to, to clean up the, the, the behavior. But like you said, going to that root of that issue in the spirit of the Lord will definitely penetrate that if we let him. But the problem is when we let him, we don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Because he reveals things to us and it brings us, you know, the grace of God leads us to repentance, right? Yeah. And so that rep- when we repent, then it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. And I'm going to shove all that back to the side mm-hmm. again. Yeah. 
because I don't know what to do with that. Because yeah. it's too much. It's too hard to handle. So, so I think I think you're you're spot on. And I I, I, I just want to say one thing real quick about something you said. A lot of guys struggle with. I, I just want to add that girls struggle with it too. Yeah, yeah, I, I've actually heard that. Um, and 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 it's something. And for for you ladies out there, if, if you have an issue with that, like mm-hmm. I know it's really uncomfortable because nobody talks about it in the church with the ladies. But the guys, we separate them. We talk about it. Yeah. Because it is a more prevalent issue among the guys. Right. But I just want to encourage churches as well, mm-hmm. like, know that females struggle with this too. Young girls, teenagers, they don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Nobody talks about these topics. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, Waylon, before I uh, go to my last question, I just want to remind the audience, you know, at this time, uh, t- the magic happens when you send in your questions. That's how you get to be a part of the conversation. Just want to encourage you, if if, uh, if you already have a question, um, then go ahead and put that within the chat itself. We would love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear your input and your questions as well. And uh, and after this next little bit, uh, then we'll get to those Q, uh, the Q and A from our audience as well. Also, just want to remind you, we have that uh, prayer request link if you want that that question to be anonymous as well. So um, let's talk a little bit about your role as a counselor. Sure. You have someone come in, mm-hmm. they're, they're needing some help, mm-hmm. and you find out along the way in that first conversation, okay, there's, there's really an addiction here. Mm-hmm. There's an issue that maybe wasn't as obvious or brought up before. Okay. And so uh, when you begin counseling and working with someone that's coming for help and you have that addiction, help walk me through some of the practical steps that you go through with them. I know last time we talked about identifying triggers. Mm-hmm. So th- that's probably one of those things mm-hmm. of like, you know, that helps to point back to the root, maybe a little bit gives you insight, but what's some other um, steps that you may take that are practical and then Along with that, what types of treatment do you recommend, maybe based yeah. on addictions? So again, you know, this it, is a really loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many different things that you could do depending on the addiction, depending on what's going on, the severity of it. If somebody comes in with an opioid or heroin addiction, um, you know, obviously that's not something that I'm going to try to treat in the office because that's something that's a lot more severe and need to be handled probably in a rehab facility. So, so just knowing what you're capable of doing, first of all. So, but in dealing with everyday addictions, like food addictions, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, in dealing with my emotions, because a lot of times people eat for comfort because they don't know how to deal with the, with the discomfort that they feel with the, with the emotions or whatever. Uh, and so what are, what are driven, what drive, Alan, what drives your emotions? Um... And I guess just responding to whatever's happening around me. I mean, yeah. my emotions can be set off in a positive way by a positive reaction. Someone, right. maybe a word of encouragement, or I get angry because uh, something happened. Maybe maybe an expectation wasn't lived up to right. in that moment. So right, yeah. yeah. And so really, our emotions are are, are signs, yeah. right, of of, our, of experiences from the past. Yeah. So past experiences are, and so what, what, what drives our emotion first is our trigger. The trigger hits our emotion and that motion is tied to a meaning in our life, Mm -hmm. a meaning about how we view the world or how we view ourselves. And so when we begin to discover that meaning and that meaning is is driven by that emotion, uh, we can start seeing how we try to protect ourselves with that, with that, with that meaning. So the meaning of, you know, I'm a failure, Mm -hmm. I'm not enough comes out looking like anger frustration. Right. Uh, nobody loved me. Nobody wants me. And so I cope with it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so did that kind of make sense? Yeah. Um, so, so it's just understanding that, that every person um, is wired like this. They all have this protective piece inside of them. And they also have this piece inside that says I belong. Um, and so when I'm triggered and that emotion, it hits and it says, you know, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm mad. Why? Because down below, I feel like a failure. Nobody loved me. Yeah. Mm. That, does that that kind of make sense? Yeah. And so and so taking the steps to do that is is it just it's the process and, and just continually walking that out because I can tell, help somebody go through it one time mm-hmm. and it won't click. Yeah. But if you go through it enough times and you start to see that somebody there is with you and walking with you in that, mm-hmm. um, they begin to be vulnerable and be like, okay, yeah. um, I, I see it now and it's okay. Like I don't have to go down this road. Mm. And I can imagine the process, like you said, the first time that you're you're pointing back to some of those triggers and you're giving them helps along the way mm-hmm. of how to be able to manage some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they may come back a month later and they're like back into it. They oh, were triggered oh, by something. Yeah, that, that, that's every day. Like that's not like. And you're probably reminding them of just these practical steps. Well, yeah. And that, and that's the deal. Like even with pornography issues, let's say, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking two years of good counseling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Depending on how long they've been in it. Yeah. Uh, food addiction, same way. Like it's a long process mm-hmm. because there's so much tied to that addiction. Yeah. And food is essential. Yeah. We need it. And we figured out, man, if I eat this certain kind of food, I feel really good. But then I have self-image, body image, and then, okay, here's the deal. You lose weight. Everybody starts treating you differently. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. That they didn't value me before? Right. Yeah. So now there's all that wrestling, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot that dives into this when you're dealing with addiction because uh, there's perceptions. Um, and my perception, my self-judgment, and how people perceive me is, is really, yeah. um, really, really powerful. Yeah, that's good. We've already got a few questions that are coming in, so I'm going to slide on mm-hmm. over to that and want to just encourage you to continue to, to send your questions. Here's question number one. Uh, um, what is your recommendation mm-hmm. for those that are in that same situation and struggling with the guilt and trying to get back into church? Mm-hmm. So maybe someone you're counseling has a background in church, has communicated that goal, but that wrestling with, do you have any words of advice for them? Yeah, uh, you know, so if they're working with me, um, one of the things I love to do is try to work with pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I have a, a, a church that I can say, you know what, I'm really comfortable because this pastor understands people and their hurts, yeah. um, I will try to direct them to that pastor. Mm, that's good. And uh, I'll, I'll, I can't call the pastor and say, hey, my client so-and-so, like, I can't do that. But I can tell the client, hey, mm-hmm. I know about this church over here, and I know these guys over here really do love people who are in your shoes yeah. and will work with you, and they're not going to judge you. They're going to wrap you up. That's what, you know. And so counseling works great when you're partnering with a church that love people. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I even think about a church uh, like ours, you know, if you have a friend that's struggling with anything, really, and uh, and yet you know someone in the church 
that has gone through something similar and they're showing an openness and they want mm -hmm. to come back to church, making that connection would be probably a huge step for them. Absolutely. Just knowing it's just a reminder. We know this, uh, those of us who have grown up in the church and probably those of you that used to, the church is flawed. I mean, it's full of people. We're all at some level, we're all hypocritical, right? Absolutely. And so, um, those of us, um, you know, when we're healthy, we, we realize that. And, um, and that helps us when we see a flawed church. And, but it also, I think, from the outside looking in, man, if you have a struggle, you belong here. You know, uh, join, join the party. We're here for the same reason. Well, Ellen, and I think that's so important for a church to be vulnerable with that, yeah. even from the pulpit. It's just to share that vulnerability with that others. Like, look, I'm a human being. You're a human being. Um, yes, I've fallen. Yes, I'm not. I'm not worthy to be in the presence of God. None of us are. Yeah. But the grace of God is sufficient. We can approach that throne of grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and He loves us. And so uh, that you know. So so I, I say it's a twofold thing here. And so I want to partner with churches that see that. Yeah. Um, and so when I work with people, I say, hey, this, this place is a great place to go. This church over here, yeah, you're not, you're not fitting in. You're not jiving. Like, so, so sometimes it's encouraging them and, and, and helping them, like you said, realize that the church is flawed. Yeah. It's not perfect. Yeah. Um, but there are some people in the churches that really do love people. Absolutely. When we remember that God loved us where we were at, he That's gives right. us permission to love people where That's they're right. at. That's right. Here's a, here's another uh, question. Um, I have a friend who's dealing with uh, an addiction. How do I help them? How do I help them see it or take the first step to get help? We talked a little bit about this last month, but yeah. I think it's worth repeating. Uh, you know, what do you do? Well, I, okay, I, I don't sugarcoat it. Mm -hmm. if, 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 if you really, you know, so if they're in my counseling room, um, and they're, they're t let's, let's hypothetically, let's say they're talking about depression. Yeah. You know, I'm going to ask them, have you had suicidal thoughts? Yeah. Because we assume that if we ask that question that they're going to be angry or, or they're going to start now having thoughts about suicide. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Studies show that, no, they really want people to ask. Yeah. And so if you see somebody who's struggling with an addiction, obviously approach them in love. Yeah with understanding, with wanting to understand. If you're gonna approach them, approach them with wanting to understand. Help me to understand what's going on. Yeah. Let me learn from you mm -hmm. and about your addictions and what this does for you. Not a judgment like you need to stop. That's good. Okay, but a it's more of a, I wanna understand so I can walk with you. That's great. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's so hard to do because you gotta deal with your own stuff first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's where Jesus talked about pulling the plank out of your own eye mm -hmm. so you can take the speck out of your brother's eye. Yeah. You've got to deal with this stuff first. Yeah. goes back to self-humility. It really does. Remembering that of the flaws we have. Mm -hmm. um, so this, this person is asking or is stating, I have an addiction. How do I know what the first step is? Is there guidance on counseling versus hospitalization versus an accountability group? Does it just depend on my addiction? Mm. <clears throat> well, uh, is the addiction um, impeding your life in a sense that where it's harmful for you? 
yes, I would go to the hospital and, and try to get some treatment, medication, something. To, because let's say we're talking about heroin, for example. Um, they treat heroin with drugs. Yeah. Uh, drugs like methadone mm. and things like that. Even though methadone isn't necessarily uh, the safest treatment, but it's a treatment, an alternative to heroin. Um, and it's easier to get it off of, off, e- easier mm-hmm. to get off of methadone as opposed to heroin. So, but you can only get that prescribed from a doctor. Um, you know, so you're but, actually helping that part uh, medically. They're helping them back off and correct. slowly. Yeah, there, there's a place in, in, in Vancouver, Canada, that they actually inject people. They actually give people clean needles, syringes, and actually inject them with heroin. And what's wean the, them off. What's the process like from day one getting someone totally, they start with crack and they're addicted to crack and then they're weaned off? You know, is that a, a year or two oh, years? It, or it, I guess it, it's unique to everybody. It's unique to each person. Yep. Um, so. You know, I was addicted and and it was, I stopped. Yeah. You know, am I somebody special because of it? No. But here's what I didn't do. I didn't deal with the root of the issue. Mm-hmm. So guess what came on next? The next addiction. Right. Mm. So that's that's a learning experience on my end. Um, but if I was, you know, I was addicted to meth and coke and all those things, but I just decided to stop and I stopped. But the not a, still there. Most people don't get that luxury. Yeah. Um, and so. So if you're in danger. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, if you're in danger. Uh, you know, again, you've got to admit to it first. Yeah. Admit that I have a problem. Um, it, no matter what the problem is, even food, like food, mm-hmm. um, is a big one. And so it's admitting to it, and then realizing that people out there want to help you. Yeah. You're not alone. If it's not a life endangerment issue, then you might encourage. The, I would uh, definitely encourage calling counseling. counseling. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in, and even then, in, in counseling, I may recommend that they go talk to a physician. Yeah. Um, and sometimes some, some, some medication can help mm-hmm. in, in dealing with the strong emotions that you have that drive to your behavior. Yeah. And so medication can help alleviate some of that so we can help manage it better. And something that you shared with me earlier or shared with us earlier that helps me a little bit is I have a friend or another man that's coming and sharing with me his struggle with pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably was a good step, but I probably should have encouraged uh, and, and even accountability together, but probably going to counseling someone who's been trained uh, would probably be good. You said it could take yeah. a year or two it could. with that kind of an addiction. Yeah, and it's just realizing that, like you're, Alan, I mean, it's super awesome that you wanted to walk with the guy in accountability with him. But are you a trained uh, professional? Yeah, that's why I send people to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but and, 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 and so, you know, part of it is, is helping that other person realize that you're not a trained individual either. Yeah, that's right. Because they'll say, oh, no, you're this is good. This, this is helpful. It's like, well, yeah. no, 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 uh, this yeah. isn't. And so you got the person walking with them need to have some good, clear boundaries. Mm. That's good. Um, and, and just helping them see, like, look, this is for your benefit, not necessarily mine, but yours too. So this individual, you know, that's, you know, saying that they're, they're having an addiction is, you know, counseling, hospitalization, or mm-hmm. an accountability group. Um, I, I would encourage you, feel free to reach out to us. You know, our email address is, is chat at uh, therealtalk.live. 
and um, and we'd be happy to help. And again, I'm not a counselor, but um, if it's something that we can help with, we'll definitely point you in the right direction, whether it's Waylon, someone on his team, or, or someone that you're comfortable with. Uh, we'd be happy to help you that with that decision of what's mm. my first step. Be happy to help you with that. And, and the fact that there's a question that says, you know, I have this addiction, what do I do? Yeah. Like, first of all, I just want to say, wow. Yeah. For recognizing that you have an addiction, like, that's huge. Yeah. Um, so so don't don't take that as a loss. And, 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 and you're being vulnerable right now. Just allow yourself to, to share that with someone important mm-hmm. to you yeah. so that they can help you. A similar question. Um, my significant other is dealing with several years of addiction. Should I also seek out counseling to help support them? Hmm. Should I go to counseling with them? So it wow. sounds like they're asking about personal counseling for themselves. Yeah. Because obviously they've gone through Absolutely. the challenges and will need that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think it's very wise that, uh, that, that the person who isn't struggling that does go, that, I, I, that they should go to counseling. Um, because a lot of times what we find is that the loved one usually ends up enabling the addiction. Yeah. Uh, why? Because they love them. They mm-hmm. want to help them. Yeah. Um, it's just like you and your friend wanting to help your friend, walk with your friend. And, and were you enabling him? I don't know. But, but oftentimes, because you love that person so much, you want to you do things that are not necessarily healthy. Yeah. And so setting up good boundaries for yourself so that you mm-hmm. don't enable that person, but you still love that person. Yeah. So, and, and, and also dealing with some of the ramifications of being with that person who had the addiction mm-hmm. and some of the hurt that you had. Yeah. So there could be some couples work there. There could be you know family work going on. There could be individual work going on. So, uh, and yeah, they ask, do I do I go to counseling with them? Do I, maybe, you know, um, did, uh, it just depends on the situation. Um, but yes, yes, definitely, I would recommend that's going to counseling. A really good question to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. We've got a lot of questions. Uh, does everyone with an addiction need to see a counselor? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it depends on the person. Yeah. Um, does everyone with an addiction need to see a counselor? That would I would like for everybody to come see a counselor. Absolutely, I would like for them. But do they need to? No. There's some great programs like AA, NA, CR. Um, um, churches have great programs that, that will help people walk through those things. Um, and so, so, so no, they don't necessarily have to go to counseling, but I will find, you know, that even people at CR church, like CR leaders, they will see somebody go through something and say, Hey, I think you need to take the next step and get some counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because this is, this issue is a lot deeper than I think we're capable of working through. Yeah. Uh, as a pastor, and I'm, I'm sure this is probably some thoughts that the audience may be having, especially those of them that might be active in church or whatever. Uh, we don't, we're not trying to negate the power of God. I mean, obviously, God heals, He helps recover, He can do all things. And right. so maybe I don't want to speak for you, but you're not saying that God can't do those things. But no, I mean, He did it for me. Yeah, that's part of your story. It's part of my story. Yeah. You know, I, I gave up an addiction and I, and I, and I fasted for a week and it was gone. Yeah. I never turned back to it. Yeah. Uh, but, but, and so God is powerful. He can do those things, but he's also equipped us with other people. Yeah. And he has equipped the church 
to work with people who have addictions yeah. and who really do struggle. Um, and so, and so, just realizing that that we're not a bunch of individuals, but that God sees us as a whole, as a collective. And if one person is suffering, we're all suffering. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, mm, yeah. I think I think you're right. This last question, I think, will be a great one for us to end on, um, and uh, maybe something that I can I'll answer first, and then I'll let you answer it. I'm a believer and would love to be in a church setting as I work towards recovery. Are there any local Northwest Arkansas helps for me? And so I know that our church is looking at some possible ways to be able to support those with addiction. We're going through this topic and we know that there's a need out there. Um, so that's something we don't have currently right now, although we have people within our church that we could connect you with uh, for that support. But a, a church in the area that has a great ministry is Fellowship Church. Um, they have a, uh, what is it called? Celebrate Recovery, I believe, right? right? right. Uh, Friday nights at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, we don't care where you find it. If we, there's a church in the area that has it, we want to point you to that. I love it. Yeah. And so they've got a great ministry uh, that will help you. Uh, we also know some people, Brad being one of them from last week, man, he, you know, he's even communicated to me, man, if there's anybody that mm-hmm. comes out of this that needs encouragement or help, we have people in our church that we can connect you with as well. Absolutely. But that would be a place you may know of a few other. Well, and I would just include with that, like, you know, fellowship being a really big church and some people may be intimidated by that. But if you go to the website, celebraterecovery.com org or dot com, mm-hmm. I'm not sure which, uh, but you can Google it. And uh, there's even smaller groups that meet throughout this. Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville, Brindale, mm-hmm. Bella Vista, even. Um, so, uh, so, so, there, there's, there's a niche out there for you. There's a group out there for you. And, uh, but I would say the biggest thing is you don't need to do this alone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's a great way to end on it. You don't have to do this alone. Uh, the beautiful thing about the Christian walk is that God created us. Uh, Uh, Not just as spiritual beings to connect with Him, but Mm -hmm. to have a relationship with other people. Absolutely. Uh, You know, it's funny. You know, we kind of laugh at this because it's kind of an old school thing. But back in the old church, you were brother so-and-so. You know what I mean? Brother Waylon, sister, you know. And so literally, it was a reminder that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. That's right. We're family. And so um, I just think, man, there's there's nothing more important than uh, sharing that struggle with someone, whether it's an addiction, a sin area, invite um, someone into that and mm-hmm. the relationship aspect of yeah, it. Absolutely. And, um, and that's what we're here for. We know that we all have a similar story. We've all been broken mm-hmm. and uh, and. Christ came to help heal the brokenhearted. That's right. Uh, he came to pay the debt that we couldn't pay. That's right. And, uh, and so I can't think of a better place for you to go. Um, and the counseling, someone who's trained, can help go a level deeper. But, man, walk with somebody. Go Absolutely. with some people that Absolutely. are heading in a direction that you want to go to. Absolutely. So You know, Scripture talks about bearing one another's burdens. Yeah. And uh, did that mean that every person in the church is capable of bearing your burden? No. But, there, but, but God has equipped some people in the mm-hmm. church that can help bear your burdens. And, uh, and those people are out there, and, you know, Alan being one of them, uh, he wants to walk with people who are hurting. He's a discipleship pastor, he, and that's what he does. He's got a niche for it, and God has equipped him for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of other people like that too. So the big thing is, is you don't have to do this alone. 
I don't care how bad your addiction is, you don't have to do it alone. Mm. Waylon, thanks again for coming tonight. Uh, it's been a lot of fun working with it's you been on a this lot topic. Of fun. Yes. And I uh, think we have a new friendship through it Absolutely. and kind of co-laborers together. Uh, I hope this was encouraging for you as well. And uh, again, if we did not get to your question, uh, I just want to encourage you. I think that through the chat feature, uh, there's someone on our team that's working through that chat feature. You've probably seen them communicating. Feel free to give them your email or you can email us directly at chat, C-H-A-T, at therealtalk.live and reach out to us. We'd love to encourage you, uh, love to be able to connect with you, maybe introduce you to some people that might be able to help uh, or maybe even a counselor. So we would just love to be able to be a part of your journey where one day uh, you can point back and say that uh, you've uh, found victory over this addiction and that uh, we would just love to be a part of that process. We'd be honored to be a part of that process. So thank you guys for joining in for your questions. Uh, again, please go back to our website. And there, don't forget, uh, we have some of these books available, Addiction and Grace. I mean, that right there uh, just already tells you a little bit about what this book is about, that there is grace involved absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when it comes to your walk with God. Absolutely. And so I would encourage you just to sign up. You'll get information. For one, you'll get our guide. The guide has uh, some links to uh, some resources for you. Uh, and, and you'll see that link on our website. It just says, you know, click on the guide. That'll give you some helpful resources. We'll have this book for those of you that want it. And, um, and then it'll also just remind you of the upcoming series that we have. So we will see you guys next month. I believe that's on June the 29th. And uh, we just so appreciate you guys engaging with us in this topic. And we hope to see you again next month. Thank you. Take care. This has been The Real Talk Podcast. Don't forget to go to our website, therealtalk.live, to find more information and to subscribe to our podcast guides. Join us next time live on the last Tuesday of each month at our website, therealtalk.live.